0: Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my introduction to fiction students at the University
1: of Oregon in spring of 2018.
2: Episode 6 Reimagining Little Brother, Little Sister.
0: Hello and welcome to Group 4's Anarchy episode. I'm Ethan Weiss. I'm a freshman here at the University of Oregon. To my left here is...
2: I'm Sean McPherson. I'm a freshman student here at the University of Oregon.
3: I'm Nico Shimono, also a freshman at U of O.
2: And I'm Bo Scott, also a freshman at U, the
4: University of Oregon.
0: Uh, we are here talking about Little Brother and Little Sister by Jacob and
4: Wilhelm Grimm.
0: Uh, just for you listeners, if you're not familiar with this fairy tale, I'll give you a quick little summary before we uh, dive deep into this story. It's uh, it's about two siblings, a, a brother and a sister, who uh, who live under under the control of their evil stepmother. Um, after the after the death of the mom, that's why they live with her, and she's also a witch. So that's and that's that's uh, duly noted right there. And and the witch, evil stepmother, mother, she puts spells on these drinking springs because she knows the kids are going to go out and try to drink some water and. Um, they, they go to the, they go to the water and it, there's a sign that says whatever if you drink this water you'll turn into this animal. One was a wolf, one was a tiger, and the sister keeps saying no, brother, like don't drink it. If you if you drink the water you'll turn into this animal and you'll you'll devour me, you'll tear me to pieces. And, and the final one it says if you drink this you'll turn into a deer. And as the sister is saying no, brother, don't do it. You'll you'll run away from me.
3: He's already drinking. And they they still decide to run away from their evil stepmother even with the circumstance of him turning into a deer and they find a house in the woods where they eventually set up shop and decide to live out their days. Um, but from there, is it like a week They that goes by? I feel like a, a period of time goes by where then the uh, hunting season begins and people stumble upon their house trying to
0: Catch the deer in the first place. Yeah, this hunting season led by the king and all his huntsmen, and and they they find this deer and they have, he has a golden collar, and that's it's a point. Now. They 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 want to catch this deer. They don't want to hurt it, though. The king says, in one of the lines, he's like, "Don't hurt this deer. We want to bring it back. It's like a prize." And and the deer, the, who is the little brother who turned into the deer, he loves it. He loves running around. He loves the thrill of being chased by the huntsmen. And one day he gets injured and he starts limping back and they follow him back to the home and they see that when he entered the home he used this password and the password was like little sister let me in, and they go back to the king they tell him what to say to how to get into the home, um, the king says it the next night and then Bo what happens from there
4: on? The king gets told that that this deer is going into this house so he decides, uh, let's just follow the deer into this house and see what's going on and then and then they do. And then when they get to the house, they give the password, and the little sister opens the door. And she's stunned to, re- to see that it's not her brother, but, but the king reacts and says, like, oh, oh, wow, you are the most beautiful girl. Like, w- w- you must be my wife. And, and she refuses to be unless he also r- lets her keep the uh, deer. That is her brother.
2: Yeah, so she accepts. She accepts to be this king's, um, this king's wife. Although she is portrayed as a little sister, which we can get into later. But then, as as they move and they um they live happily together with this deer by their side, which is which was part of the deal uh, of getting married. Um, they had to have the brother who's now the deer by their side. The witch and the witch's stepdaughter soon realize that the two kids are living happily with this king, and they're living this luxury lifestyle and they're like no um this isn't going to happen so those two make a plan and they they storm down to this house that they're living at and they try to they try to ruin this and the steps the stepdaughter of the king is saying oh i want to live this lifestyle she does not deserve this um i want to do that so here's our climax and you you want to explain this, Ethan? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take
0: the end. So, yeah, this, the, so the witch puts a spell on, the, on her own step, on her own daughter, um, who, is, who is ugly. They say that she's ugly. She has one eye. That's kind of key to point out because she transforms her into the queen, into the little sister. Um, so now she is seen as the queen, and they lock the queen, like, in the bathroom, and then the queen leaves. Like, the queen, the queen feels like she's banished because she's no longer, like, because the other girl resembles her, so she knows that she's taken her place. And since she has one eye, she, like, lays on it so the king can't see. Um, but every night, the, the the little sister who no longer is the queen at the moment um, comes back because she had a child with the king. They have a baby boy, and she has to come back every night and she nurses her child. And the the nurse the nurse saw the, saw this, and she was like, "Who the heck is coming into the house and, and nursing this and, and nursing the queen's baby boy?" Because um, they don't know anything that's going on. They don't know that the queen is has disappeared. They don't know that the queen is now this this evil stepdaughter. And so the nurse points out, the, the nurse goes to the king, the king comes back the next night and sees this, this random person come and is nursing the, his son, and he's like, oh, you're, you're my queen, you're my actual queen. They find out, um, the evil witch is burned. They send the, they send the daughter of the, of, the, uh, of the stepmother into the woods, and she's torn into pieces. And the boy turns back into his, uh, the deer, the boy who was a deer turns back into the boy because the spell has been lifted. And uh, they all live happily ever after in the, uh, in the castle for the rest of their life. And, John, you'll take the, you'll take the next portion of our, uh, of our episode here.
2: As we turn into our next portion, we're going to talk about archetypes and how um, the authors of the story, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm, challenge these archetypes that are portrayed in usual fairy tales. Because after all, as our teacher Courtney Floyd talked about in her podcast, fiction matters because it allows us to see the archetypes as humans and also to fight against those patterns when they become oppressive. So let's, we can just jump right into it. Um, what are some archetypes? I can start here. Um, some archetypes that we saw. I think um, the, the very first thing, um, this is a minor thing, but the story didn't start with Once Upon a Time, which I thought was a little interesting.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess you would think that the the typical the typical mm. fairy tale is like once upon a time and then it's like it leads into the story, but that wasn't really the case. It was it started out really grim. It started with it, bad news. It started with bad news. We learn that like one of the first lines is is we're given that the that the, the children's mom passed away. And they live this awful life with this evil stepmom who, who beats them. And it says, like, she like, h- like hits them with a stick every time they try to come to her. And she just sounds like this awful human being. And they live this terrible life.
3: And I feel like it just jumps straight, up. like, it almost jumps straight into the inciting incident. Uh, it barely, like, sets up like an exposition. It does, but, like, not as much. It only really talks about, like, how there are two siblings and there's an evil stepmother which is kind of odd for like that time period and it kind of plays into the whole fantasy thing with actually in that time period, uh, I think the stories from the 17th century, mothers or mother figures are supposed to mainly just take care of the children, take care of the household where in this brief exposition, mm-hmm. the stepmother really only wants ill will towards these children, which in the beginning seem nothing but pure.
2: Yeah, and bouncing off that, Nico. I think two things we usually see, two characters that we usually see are portrayed. We see we usually see an able stepmother, and we usually see a witch um, within these stories. But what we usually see in, is not in this story is kind of a supportive mother um, or so kind of a supportive mentor. But that's something these kids don't have, and so they're kind of they're kind of an underdog figure, and they kind of have to jump into the woods. They have no mentor. They don't really have uh, someone to guide their success. And these kids are kind of deprived. They're, they're trying to run away from home. They're both thirsty. One of them so thirsty that he drinks something that he knows will be bad for him. So I think uh, we don't really have – they don't really have the support, and it kind of starts evil right away.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you point out the mother part there because uh, a story we read and I think week one of class, we, we've had two weeks class now, is uh, is the story of, of these kids. And they, we're told about the mom in the beginning, and it's, it's she's on her deathbed. Like, they know she's dying, and she tells them, like, these last witches, she's like, bury this tree on my grave, and whenever you need anything, you can shake it, and then your wish will be granted. So, like, even though the mom dies in the very first scenes of this story, similar to our story here, um, she still plays a major role throughout the story. But the the mom in this, in, in our story here, little brother and little sister, she plays zero role at all.
3: Yeah, I I feel like the mother, it just, the mother's only there just to, sh- like, show the, the step why the stepmother and the evil stepmother is in anyway like they really don't need to mention it as much
4: uh, but like i'm thinking here is like why a mother isn't really mentioned is because it and it goes straight into like the two siblings rough sticking it out in the woods is to like really emphasize the strength of sibling bond and because they they can't they don 't rely on anyone but each other,
0: yeah I, no, I love that point that 's a great point, because I feel like the, the most the most consistent plot in the story was the bond of the brother and sister, and how they like how the sister protected her brother throughout you know the time of him being a deer. And even when she turns into the queen later in the story, she she stays by his side. Like her one demand is like so she's turned into this queen, like the king's like, I want to marry you, I want you to be my queen. And she's like, under one like under one rule is my brother who is this deer is allowed to come with me. Like maybe at some point like you'd be like, Oh, like, okay, like screw you, brother, who's a deer. I don't want to watch after you anymore. And no, but she brings him along and he's able to run around in the in the castle garden and they and it's it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I think um I think some of the the interesting archetypes in this and this story are within, I think some of the interesting archetypes that we see in this story are within the characters and how those are kind of challenged by the author because we don't really see the traditional kind of characters. Usually you see a beautiful princess and a, a handsome prince that are kind of being together, but instead you're kind of following this bond between a little brother and a little sister. And then this king comes in and marries a little sister, which is something that you didn't really expect to comment but yeah as you said the sister stays loyal to the the little brother although he's now a deer and so yeah i thought that was interesting and i think uh, speaking on about the characters um you usually get clearly defined evil versus good characters you know who those are right away and so we know that the evil stepmother is evil but it kind of seems as if the king's evil for a while there because he it seems as if he is trying to shoot he's trying to attack this deer he's trying to hunt this deer But that's not necessarily the case. And then he ends up being a good character. And also, the nurse at the end, um, she's kind of portrayed as a bad character for a little while because at first she knows what's going on, but she doesn't do anything about it. She keeps quiet. And so she knows what's going on between the witch and um, the stepsister, but she doesn't really say anything about it. And then she eventually does, turning her into a good character. So you usually know where your evil and good characters are, but in this story you kind of had to read on and figure that out on your own
0: yeah i think you mentioned there in, the, in a little bit there sean is i i think w- one of the things Grimm did that went against archetypes of these common fairy tales is is the king um and how quickly he fell in love with this little orphan girl like the, the little sister the the main protagonist alongside with the brother is is like right away his first remark was like oh how beautiful you are and right away he's like i want you to be my queen usually it's like like, we, I mean, it's kind of like a Cinderella kind of thing. Like, you mentioned, Nico, you said earlier, would what you say rags to riches? Yeah. It's just, like, I mean, the Cinderella, she had to, like, but every uh, every day, like, she had to come back with, like, she had to use all the magic, and she had the, the the fairy godmother, and she kept going back and to the ball every night to get her prince, but he came to her, and the king in the story, which is kind of like who kind of plays the role as, as the prince. It's like the ro- the royalty um, piece of the of the of the uh, of the story. And and right away, his first reaction is like, "I want you to be my wife." And I thought that was kind of interesting to go against uh, like a common fairy tale thing.
3: Yeah. Um, another thing to talk about: what you would you just uh, mention, Sean? Like my understanding about like the nurse character in general. Like how you said, like at first she's sort of evil. Um, I kind of thought about the time period as w- uh, again as well um with the nurse being like a servant and like not being uh her opinion not being as high up as like those others so she might have not felt in my opinion like it was her place to say anything like if she would get in trouble like she was probably fearful of like any consequence that's that's what i got from that
2: anyway so one more archetype that i kind of noticed that um grim challenged here um was kind of unusual magic that you usually see witches Um, which we did see but we didn't see any princesses with magic powers or you know elves or talking animals or giants something other things that you usually see in um, fairy tales but instead we kind of had our protagonist turn into an animal which I thought was interesting you usually don't see that in uh, modern fairy tales so we kind of had our main character deal with kind of magic that he didn't have he he was turned upon. So, I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting that you mentioned that cuz like usually you see these the main protagonists kind of get assisted with magic as the story goes along. Like I just mentioned Cinderella on my last point, uh, kind of the same thing there. But like, but in this, like he's kind of he's handicapped more so by turning into a deer. Like he didn't choose for that. Like obviously he knew what was going to happen because the sign said so. But he was just so. This shows how thirsty they actually were and how deprived they were of food and water and how the stepmother treated them because like they said that they would like they only would eat like crumbs of remaining meals from the stepmom. And I, I assumed that her daughter because they treated them poorly. Um, and I thought also, I mean, to kind of just to, to close off the story here is uh, uh, on a final note of what he of what Grimm went against the is the against the ar- the common archetype of fairy tales is is both the the both the um, antagonists in the very end die they they kill off both characters um, which I thought I mean, like, usually you don't you don't see like maybe like sometimes they're like shunned or like you don't really you don't really hear the ending of the bad guy story but you just hear the good you just hear the happy ending of the good guys. You don't hear what happens to the bad guys, but in this story, as is they, is they throw the witch, uh, they burn the witch alive, which plays a key part because then the boy turns back into um, a, a boy, the deer turns back into a boy, and they send the, uh, they send the daughter... Who uh, who was this fake queen when she was transformed by her mom? Uh, they send her to the woods where she gets uh, ripped up and eaten to pieces by the by the wolves and the tigers. The same wolves and tigers that the boy would have turned to, which I thought was kind of ironic. Ending is because the witch that she put the spells on the springs and the wolves and the tigers were two of the animals that she had. Um, if you drink it, you would turn into, and that's the the same fate that her daughter met w- in the woods. I thought that was kind of interesting. So
4: yeah, like I I, I think this is. This kind of circles back into like this story is about struggle and triumphing over and triumphing over it. Like, like again, since the stepmother and uh, stepsister are are not like direct family, it's it's just not really sufficient for th- for such a tale about struggle and victory over it to simply end with and they lived happily ever after. It, it would simply make sense to 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 wrap it up with like detailing the punishment to the to the villains.
0: Yeah, I think those were all I think those were all really good points we made against uh, against there and the archetypes of the story. I think we can uh due to time now we can transition into uh each of our own retellings. We are for this assignment we're given to uh we needed to pick a modern retelling of this story and uh then compare and contrast the two um, between the little brother and little sister um and our retelling and uh my retelling I chose the uh, twenty thirteen film Frozen. Uh, the reason why I chose that just to give a little description here is uh I felt what like the most consistent plot was in the story was the bond between the brother and sister and how strong it was and how that really led them to it like it went through each point and it, it, never, it never changed.
4: My name is Bo and the story that I read was A Tale Dark and Grim by Adam Gidwitz. It's actually a full-length novel that I had read like a couple of years ago and I had rediscovered
2: while I was researching for this fairy tale we were uh, talking about with the modern retellings. So I watched Princess, a modern fairy tale. It's a film of 2009, also a Disney movie. Had a modern fairy tale in the name, so I figured I'd give it a shot, and I actually saw a lot of similarities.
3: So I read a story called The Brother and Sister, which is a Turkish fairy tale, which I found to be extremely similar to the Grimm's story Little Brother and Little Sister. I um, I think it's a complete retelling, but from what I found, it's apparently
2: not. So now that we've all shared our own retellings of our choice. Let's transition to the part where we all share a little analysis comparing our fairy tale to our source story, Little Brother and Little Sister, and other fairy tales beyond. So I watched Princess, and modern fairy tale, the film of 2009. As I watched this movie created in our generation, I tried to compare it to some of the things we've discussed in class thus far. Through our short two weeks of class, I've read several pieces and learned some of the themes that each fairy tale has. As I watched and read the two stories that I'm discussing in this podcast, A Modern Fairy Tale and Little Brother Little Sister, I was observable these common themes that we have learned. These stories typically have two protagonists that the readers slash viewers are rooting for to be together in the end, whether it's romantically or any other kind of bond. There's always some kind of issue or conflict has a person in the middle causing them an issue which is an antagonist it also has some kind of unhuman powers or instances that cause a conflict like magic they always have happy endings and they often have a third person that comes in the end and helps resolve the conflict additionally we've learned the story structure in almost all stories exposition inciting incident rising action climax falling action and resolution so as I observed this movie and compared it to Little Brother Little Sister, I tried to watch for these themes and also story structure that are said to be true in every fairy tale. So here is what Princess A Modern Fairy Tale is all about. One of the main protagonists in the story, William, came from somewhat of a tough background. He has failed at everything he has tried and is now moving in with his friend and wife because he has broke besides the 50000 he has remaining from trust funds. So William and his buddy Louis decide to attend this charity ball for endangered animals hosted by a princess named Ithaca. At the auction, Princess Ithaca and her nana decide to auction off a dinner and dance with the princess in desperate need for money to help the animals. And after William falls in love with this princess, he decides to bet his 50000 on this auction and he ends up winning. During the dance shortly afterwards, William tries hitting on her, but she misreads it and thinks William is some kind of searcher. This whole situation is our inciting incident. So in our rising action, we get lots of background in, about this princess and what she means by searcher. It turns out that she needs someone to find the other healer on this earth in order to save all these animals in her castle from being endangered as they are currently going crazy and Ithaca is losing her powers to heal them. Ithaca's nana is skeptical of William being the searcher, but Ithaca doesn't listen. Princess Ithaca's real mother passed away and she is now parented by her nana. This princess keeps having these wild dreams about what this hero looks like and where she is, but these dreams are also nightmares as she is scared about what is yet to come. Meanwhile, William doesn't know what she's talking about by searcher or healer, but plays along with it as he is madly in love with her. As William and Ithaca continue to go on dates, William starts to see these strange characters in the background, such as some kind of monster, a mermaid in Ithaca's castle, etc. During a dinner date, William is skeptical and goes and searches her castle, where he is attacked by a squid and a beast. After William storms home angry, Ithaca comes for him to explain, and an angry William tells him that he isn't this searcher, which leaves Ithaca upset that he has lied to her. After getting advice from Lewis's wife, William takes on his role as searcher and leaves his temporary home to go to the place that he was informed the healer is to search and win Ithaca back. He goes to the city and magically unites with Ithaca, and they search for this girl, and late in the night find her, but she is being attacked by this three-headed monster. In the climax, William and this new princess fight this monster, and Ithaca gets attacked by this beast, and she gets knocked out cold. So two of them go to the castle with an unconscious Ithaca in their arms, which is hours to go until these animals are set to be endangered, and Ithaca loses all her powers forever. While they all thought Ithaca was dead after being attacked by this monster, William walks up to her in her castle and gives her a goodbye kiss, which magically wakes her up. Shortly after, the new princess uses her powers to stop the animals and have them be back to normal. In the end, Ithaca and William get married and live happily ever after with a happy nana by their side, while this new princess is happy as ever to take her new role. As I compare the story to Little Brother, Little Sister, it is obvious that the two stories are a little different as they have two different storylines, with one being about siblings and one being about lovers. But I'm going to tell you how these two stories are very similar and how this does work as a modern retelling of Little Brother, Little Sister. Both stories had a focus on two characters that everyone wanted to be together, and they stuck together through conflict and hatred. It appeared that this relationship was going to end several times, but as we mentioned in class, the good guys always win in fairy tales. Furthermore, I believe that this movie is also focused on the bond between Princess Ithaca and the new princess who was found at the end to be her new sister the entire movie princess Ithaca was looking for this girl as she needed her to take her role and save her powers and save these animals In little brother little sister there was another thing happening in this case it was the brother turning into an animal that was keeping him from being with his sister but it seemed as if the brother turning into an animal brought him closer to his sister as they battled through this adversity In both of these stories, these wild animals and mythical creatures that caused the conflict are what brought together the protagonist. Both stories deal with a conflict that involves animals and people wanting them to not be united. But I believe as society has changed, so have fairy tales a bit. Little Brother Little Sister had the characters turning into animals, while the modern movie was about the issues of wild animals that needed to be tamed by humans. While there was no true antagonist in this movie, there were several people trying to take William and Ithaca apart, including Nana, William's friend Lewis, and the conflict in the story, which is the animals going wild. This is similar to Little Brother and Little Sister, as the people trying to take apart the brother and the sister are the witch, the witch's daughter, and the actual issue in the story as well. In the source story, we see the nurse save the day by helping bust the witch and her daughter, which is similar to the new princess coming in and saving the day. So both stories have a third party that comes in at the end and acts as a hero. Furthermore, Both stories have miracle endings where the conflict suddenly goes away in the end and everyone lives happily ever after. There are some common themes in the two stories that I mentioned earlier that are constant in every fairy tale. For example, the two protagonists end up happily together, magic and special powers are always involved, a third party coming in and helping solve the resolution, main characters dealing with tough backgrounds, and also sacrifice. And while I did find these two fairy tales to be very similar, I noticed some key differences, and I believe it is because of the society and culture we live in today compared to the one in Little Brother, Little Sister, causing a change in the fairy tales. One key difference about the source story in the movie was that in the modern retelling film, there was no true antagonist in this story. While the Nano was very critical throughout the movie, I expected something bad to happen to her at the end, but nothing did. She didn't end up being that evil stepparent portrayed in most classic fairy tales. After all, we did talk about in class that the evil stepmother always gets punished, but in this modern fairy tale, everyone was happy. This may be because of how fairy tales have changed over time, or it could just be because of the way this story is different. I noticed that there wasn't as much violence and torture, although there was some violence and torture involving animals in this movie. Drastic magical powers. There were many more drastic magical powers in the source story, as we saw the main protagonist turn into an animal, and we saw other magical powers in that story as well. But in the movie, the only magical powers was the princess trying to heal these animals. And there wasn't as much deprivation in this story. These characters and princess have lived good lives, living in castles with cars to drive, social events to attend, and good support from their family members and friends, which is different from the other story where they are thirsty, they have no family support, they're they're beaten, they, they have no... People trying to help them, and they have to go out in the woods to try to get water and try to survive. I believe that is because our society has become a better place over time where people live better lives and there's less mistreatment in the world. So, while there are a few differences in the stories, I believe that these differences are due to the culture and society changing and fairy tales adjusting to the archetypes to make it more realistic to the society. While there are key components of every fairy tale that were constant in the modern and classic stories we've analyzed, it's fair to say that. Fairy tales have taken a different turn as our society and culture has changed and made modern fairy tales a little different. And what I mean by that is that in the old stories, it seems as if things like abuse, death, torture, and hatred seem to be portrayed more, but that seems to be a little more of a sensitive subject in our society today, as that is less common in our world. But overall, these two stories, Little Brother and Little Sister, and Princess, a modern fairy tale, did have a lot in common, and it helped me learn the classic themes about fairy tales and how they have changed with the society over the years. So the retelling that I'll be talking about is A
4: Tale Dark and Grim by Adam Gidwitz. It's a tale about, surprise, surprise, two kids and their struggle to find a new home. Again, similar to brother and sister. So it's, it's quite a bit different from the traditional brother and sister story in many ways as it's not just a retelling of that. It's a retelling of several stories all at once to the same characters, but. The overall theme is actually pretty similar to the, the theme of brother and sister. It starts with the kids being born to the royal family, the king and the queen. And, but it is not only that, the king and the queen also have a servant that was always loyal to them, but for, for various reasons he was turned to stone, and so life continued on for them. But one day the king was told by the statue that, that all he has to do is kill the kids and rub their blood on the statue to bring the servant back to life. And so the king does, and when he brings the servant back to life, his kids also come back to life. Now, the kids are confused as to why the, their father killed them and why they're alive, so they decide to run away, which admittedly is only, has only a slight parallel to brother and sister in the fact that it's, it's not an evil stepmother and that the king had some reason to do it. But, but again, running away from a place where they don't feel safe is, again, similar to the beginning of brother and sister. Then it then it continues and it and first it, you know, does the does the whole Hanson Gretel thing where they try to get eaten by some old forest hag and they throw in her in her own oven. But then they go on to meet a new family. Now this actually does bear quite a quite a resemblance to the brother and sister story that we're talking about, but actually a story in the same with the same archetype, the twelve brothers, which consisted of a mother and father and seven brothers along with the brother and sister. All the stepbrothers were turned into into birds and were sent away. And so, and so, what uh, the brother and sister decide to do is go save them, and which they do, and they turn back into brothers, into the stepbrothers. But seeing as this kind of happens, so they move on, and and so they come across a forest. Now, this is where you can see much stronger parallels to Brother and Sister. As well, the brother doesn't drink from a magical stream. He does start he does start killing forest animals and starts to become bloodthirsty and is transformed into some sort of beast. And of course, this beast is hunted, but unlike in brother and sister, he he's actually captured and taken away by a hunter, and his sister thinks him dead. And so she moves on, and she does something unrelated to the brother with a warlock and magic string that heals people. But, but moving on, back to earlier when I was talking about like the story being about unshakable bond between brother and sister. So once the brother is actually turned back into a human, he, he eventually has to go through hell and high water to get back to his sister. L- Literally, he gets sold to the devil, and he has to cross the river Styx. And so they eventually do reunite, and with all their and with all their escapades done, they decide to just simply go home. And surprisingly enough, this does bear a bit of a resemblance as they're going back to live a royal life, even though they fled it. Probably deciding that the king killing them probably wasn't the weirdest thing to have happened to them. So so they get, get back home, and everything seems like all happy and stuff. And and so, of course, the brother and sister go out and to kill it. But it turns out that the that the dragon's the king. And again, you can draw a like a few more parallels between between the story and brother and sister as again it yanks out the immediate, like obvious fairy tale ending and and puts forth another struggle for the brother and sister to overcome. In Brother and Sister it was the stepsister masquerading as the queen while the real sister was dead, and in here it's the king is the dragon, but they eventually kill kill dragon and get their father back, and uh, and it actually does end in the typical fairy tale ending with them with them actually becoming promoted to to the actual rulers of the land, as their parents see themselves not fit after the whole dragon thing.
3: So, yeah, there, there you have it. So, in my retelling, which was the brother and sister, uh, which is actually a Turkish fairy tale, actually extremely uh, similar to that of the Grimm's little brother and little sister. Where I found it, it said it wasn't actually a retelling, it was just very similar. I just found that most of the time, the plots were, like, exactly the same. The main differences between the two stories were with, like, characters and, like, roles because of, mainly because of probably location, one being turkish and the other being like french but mainly with the order of exposition inciting incident rising action climax falling action in the resolution all things were pretty similar one of the main uh differences i saw within the turkish tale was there was no stepmother figure like that of G- the Grimm story uh they actually set the story in where the two children's father dies and the father is actually a a ruler and the son is able to uh, maintain like rule or like gain rule from his father's death. And the main reason they end up fleeing isn't an abusive stepmother. It is actually the brother's misuse of the kingdom's fortune. The, The main reason for the two siblings fleeing isn't because of the mother it is actually because of the brother's actions in blowing away the kingdom's fortune in which he was entrusted to which he feared that he would be punished by the citizens of his kingdom if he didn't flee so that was the main reason they fled in the first place and with that difference the not use of a stepmother kind of pushes For later in the story that they had to fabricate another antagonist because there was no overlying antagonist throughout the whole story until the initial part where one person wants to take over the throne rather than the sister having it. Another difference I found is that in the Grimm's telling, there was a use of the spring three times in which over time, he gradually, like, loses the will to say no to his thirst. Um, with the Turkish tail, however, it only took one... There was only one spring, and he automatically drank from it, even after a warning. I believe th- the reason they use one spring in the Turkish tale is because you've already seen kind of... The, the brothers poor judgment in decision making with that of blowing the fortune of his kingdom earlier in the inciting incident so you already kind of get this preconceived notion that he does make bad decisions already so he's already going to make this one so that's why they probably only use one spring throughout the Turkish to- story one small difference is also he turns into a stag or a horse uh, instead of a deer and I think that's just mainly because of necessity of like the location where the stories are being told in Turkey most most likely there weren't as many deer as stags and like that's probably the main reason they chose to go that way. Another big difference between the grim tale and the Turkish tale is regarding the part of the stories where they get found out by a king or a royal figure. In the grim tale, it was the brother's mistake of wanting to be in the hunt and then eventually them both getting found by the king and his huntsmen. Within the Turkish tale, however, they actually have it to where the sister has a sense of temptation and where there is an old lady that's actually hired by the royal figure of the story to trick her into... Helping them, which ends up getting them caught. I believe with this, the um the Turkish tale is mainly, while before it kind of just showed how the only the brother has a lot of temptation issues or like wrong decision making. They wanted to show like that both siblings, because of their youth, are, were poor at uh, like following orders or making decisions in general. Um, as I said earlier, with no with no stepmother figure in the Turkish tale. They the author fabricated a new antagonist being that of a slave that wanted uh the sister's newfound throne and from there similar things happen as to the sister losing her throne, almost getting killed, and eventually uh the antagonist getting found out by the king and then everything being restored them living happily ever after one huge difference but be- between the two uh stories is s- because of the use of the stepmother in the Grimm's tale they were able to pin the curse or him turning into a deer on that character so like when she dies his curse is lifted as to where in the turkish tale he drinks from the spring, and it just automatically turns him into another animal. There's no explanation as to that. And the way he turns back is drinking a fish's blood, which is kind of, like, random, in my opinion. Like, there's no further explanation as to that. It it just kind of just, like, ties up loose ends uh, with that regard to the story. So that was one other major difference, but overall, both the Turkish and the Grimm tales are extremely similar. I would say it's a retelling uh, from what I saw in the in where I found this tale. It just said that they're very similar in in regards to the theme. Grim the Grim story focuses mainly on like sibling bond, the sibling bonds overall, but within uh, the Turkish tale, where you can see with the little brother making poor decisions monetarily in the beginning with the inciting incident. Also, the quick poor decision with that of the pond or the or spring where he turns into a stag. And also, the sister's poor decision of helping a, a stranger kind of pushes this idea that the Turkish tale basically pushes forward a theme like don't make poor decisions, like really think it out. Unlike these children here, like the reason they're in all this trouble mainly is based off of poor decisions. You can you can still tie in the theme of sibling bond, which, which does overall save them in the end and uh, may leave a happy ending. But I f- I feel like uh, the author and mainly the society wants to push for the fact that and teach children to really think out decision making and choices throughout their lifetime because it is a fairy tale and fairy tales mainly do teach us overall lessons about life in general
0: being the first group recording an anarchy episode we are set with the task of being the first example of what this podcast is going to be all about When searching for my modern retelling, I went looking for something that related most to what I felt was the most consistent plot in our fairy tale. That most consistent plot was the strong bond between the brother and sister in the story. No matter what the situation was in the story, from their mom dying, the evil stepmother, the brother turning into a deer, the hunt, and most, and most importantly, stood out to me was the sister turned into the queen. How she stood by her brother's side. The way she felt towards her brother, how she needed to protect him, that never went away. The main message I felt ca- came out of this fairy tale was how you need to stay close to your siblings and family. So when I went digging into modern stories of sibling bonds, I thought of the 2013 Disney film Frozen. This film, this, this film is the story of two sisters, Anna and Elsa, who live in the kingdom of Arendelle. Their parents are the king and queen of the kingdom. The movie starts with Anna and Elsa at a young age playing in a large ballroom in the castle. Elsa was born with magical powers that allows her to freeze things and create snow from her hands. They are playing and Anna, who is a few years younger, accidentally was shot by one of Elsa's snow blasts. Anna was saved, but to save her from future possible accidents, they wiped her memory of the magic. The sisters are then separated and are forced to live in opposite ends of the castle, this co- th- this then causing a rift between their relationship. Both of the parents then die in a sea storm, causing the two sisters to be orphans. When Elsa turns 21, she is named Queen of Arendelle, and a public event is held, which means that the gates of the kingdom must be opened, something that hasn't happened in years. Elsa, forced, forced him to conceal her powers ever since she was young, now is terrified of what she is capable of. Anna now, at the event of Elsa's crowning, they start talking and have some, of the mo- some, have some of the most fun they've had since they were children. Anna then meets a young prince with the name of Hans. They fall in love at first sight. In an attempt to get El- Elsa's blessing for the two's marriage, Elsa freaks out by saying how absurd it is for the two who just meant to get married. While this is happening, Elsa loses control and accidentally re- releases her powers and turns Arendelle into an internal winter. Elsa then runs off into the mountain, saving herself from everyone else, something that she has done her entire life. Anna, not knowing anything about her sister, runs after her because she knows how much she means to her. In this situation, Anna hasn't had any good memories with Elsa because their memories were wiped away. So Anna basically runs after a stranger because she has distinct memory of what her sister means to her. In the search for Elsa, Anna comes across Kristoff, who is an ice harvester with a reindeer for for a pet. He agrees to help Anna get to the top of the mountain and find her sister. On the way to the top of the mountain, they find Olaf who was a make-believe snowman from the girl's childhood. He was created by Elsa in her big song number while she walked up the mountain. When they finally reach the top of the mountain, Elsa once again loses control of her powers and shoots Anna with ice, this time in the heart. Now we know that splitting up the two was a good idea when they were young. We learn that Anna's heart can be only unfrozen by a true love's kiss. How cliche. Hans, who has been looking after the kingdom, meets up with Anna and the audience is to think that he's the one who who will save her with a kiss, but instead he tells her the, her the plot that he is taking over the kingdom and will kill Elsa. Anna, now on her last stride before she completely freezes over, runs after Hans, who is about to kill Elsa. As Hans is swinging his sword, Anna steps in front of the sword and freezes as he makes contact with her. Elsa is the one who ends up saving the frozen Anna as she hu- is hugging her frozen body, real- realizing what she has done to her sister, who has been too scared to ever hug her because of her powers, saves Anna with the act of true love. Hans is arrested, Anna and Kristoff become a couple, and Elsa is no longer afraid of her powers, as she finally learned how to control them. Most importantly, Anna and Elsa become close once again, the first time since they were children. Breaking these two different stories down, there are quite a few sim- similarities. To start things off, both stories involve dead parents. We are never told of the father and little brother and little sister, but the mother being dead is, the key, is key because that is why they are under the control of the evil stepmother. Another key similarity is the two siblings and the relationship between be, being the main plot, but in Frozen, it, it disappears after the accident. In Little Brother and Little Sister, it never goes away. That is what keeps them alive and safe. It is, it, it is the same for Frozen, being that Elsa is the one to save Anna in the end, even though she was the reason that she needed to be saved in the first place. Another key comparison would be the act of magic in both of the stories, the witch and her spell on the springs that turn the brother into a deer. Then in Frozen, Elsa having her magic p- ice powers. The king is another thing that takes place in both stories. In Frozen, he plays no role to the story, but in the fairy tale, the king is the one who puts the siblings into the castle leading to the eventual killing of the evil stepmother. We have spent time in class talking about the typical characters you always see in fairy tales. We we see the same kind of thing in both of these stories. The charming prince is the role of Hans in Frozen. He ends up being the main antagonist, but he is seen to be helping Arendelle in the beginning. Then looking at the fairy tale, the king plays this part, coming in, and making the sister his new wife, and taking both of them into his kingdom, the wicked crone or witch is, of course, the evil stepmother in our fairy tale. We don't exactly have a wicked crone in Frozen, but there are plenty of characters that f- can fit this description. Characters like Hans, who was also the prince, as we thought in the beginning, and the Duke of Wielzotten, who are both arrested at the end of the story. Bringing up another portion of lecture, we talked about the pyramid of typical fairy tales. This pyramid being the exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, and then the happy ending conclusion. Both of our stories follow this simple pattern. In Frozen, you see the girls in the beginning, and they're having fun, and then the accident happens, and then it shows their parents dying, and then it shows the kids growing up together, or uh, growing up apart from each other, I should say, and and then it shows... Uh, uh, Elsa freezing over the town and the kingdom, and all the people uh, freaking out about the about what they see as a monster in Elsa, and then Anna running after her sister, not even knowing who she is really, because she hasn't they haven't hung out since they were kids because they've been so isolated from each other to to save each other, um, runs after her sister and eventually saves her in the end, or Elsa saves Anna by the the act of true love after she is a uh, after she is, hitting the heart from Elsa by one of her snow crystals and. And then and then in the end, it's a happy ending. It's, she saves them. All the bad guys are arrested. And then going over the plot in Little Brother and Little Sister, you see these two siblings, and uh, you have the evil mom, the evil stepmom, and who's who's also a witch. The boy turns into a deer. You have the huntsman and the whole hunt, and the boy gets hurt. The, the deer gets hurt, and then you see the kids get brought into the castle, and then the, the evil stepdaughter comes in, and she becomes the queen. Because um, she has the spell uh, put on her by the, by the evil stepmom. And then the nurse comes in. And it's just back and forth, uh, good things happening, bad things happening. But in the end, just like Frozen, everything is happening. But this time, it shows the death of the evil stepmother and the evil stepdaughter. Something we, we didn't see in Frozen. It, this shows how really nothing has changed that much over time when it comes to fairy tales original like Little Brother and Little Sister or modern retel- retellings like Frozen. The key differences between the story would be the presence of the king and the little brother and little sister and the lack of the king in Frozen. We are shown the father of Elsa and Anna who is the king of Arendelle although he dies when the girls are quite young. That plays such a huge role in the story because it's up to the sisters to regain the sibling connection on their own similar to the brother and sister in our fairy tale another key difference that stood out to me would be how both stories finished like i just mentioned earlier both had the cliche happy ending but little brother and little sister is much more darker the two antagonists are both killed in the end both can be seen as gruesome cruel deaths being being burned alive and torn to pieces by wolves in frozen it being a children's movie in 2013 on the big screen my guess is that parents wouldn't have been happy with the same nasty ending That would be the most important difference to point out how the times were different based on what is seen as appropriate and what isn't seen as appropriate. Also with the audience as both of these stories, Frozen was targeted towards a much younger audience compared to Little Brother and Little Sister, which I'm not really sure if there was an exact target audience. I found this episode very interesting to record, looking at two stories told centuries apart, one a fairy tale, and one a highly successful Disney film released only five years ago, and breaking down how these stories aren't as different as I originally once thought they would be.
2: Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive.
1: sound of the wolf that lives in the woods that comes to my back door from time to time shake the hand of the sun that burns above reaches down over everyone got your Jekyll and heart your monster inside pouring water over your fire I incur loss of soul then I need to go back into the I'm told Not a single living thing Needs to be left out You can find in the garden What's missing in yourself There's a spot where Back in access Connected by the number nine Can you think in visions And breathe in breathing rhythms Dream an ocean Over your lips It brings a deeper meaning A powerful feeling Brings us the myths we're told And it's only clean water That supports the Things that we're trying to grow Not a single living cell Needs to be left out. You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself. Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand when the frequency is just right? Oh man, it's really rather red.